Because we did come to hear the word, right? Yes, we did. Most important part, Rhema word. Rhema word. That Rhema word is going to be in Mark chapter 3. Because that's where we are. You know what I love about preaching um, through the Bible, the, the text, the chapter, wherever God leads? Until he says otherwise, you know, it gives intermission. I, I love preaching it because, for one, it's the word. Yes. But I don't know about you, but it seems like whenever we hit something, it hits at the right time. Yes. And then you can't say, well, maybe he's saying that just because he see me or because of what I told him. Because it just falls right there. You can't get away from it. Amen. So, amen. So, I love it. Mark chapter 3. And we are going to be dealing with verses 20 through 30. Hopefully we can get through if the Lord says the same. Um, yeah, let's read it first. Let's stand and then read it, and we'll we'll go back because I only have a few points, and I think you'll find this very interesting and very helpful. Mark chapter 3, verse 20. Then the multitude came together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people, that is his family, heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has... Bel, Belzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but it has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Assuredly, I say unto you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatsoever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has an unclean spirit. Then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside. They sent to him, calling him, and the multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother and my brothers? Who? And he looked around in the circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. 
For whosoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help me to teach and preach your word with power. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to talk to you this morning from the subject, Family Matters. Family matters. There's nothing as important to God than the matter of family. This truth is shown evident in creation when he established the first family, Adam and Eve. We then see family drama begin, Cain and Abel. We see family drama play out in Joseph's life. With his brother's throwing him into a pit. His father showing him favor. We see family drama play out in David's life. When the prophet went to anoint David, he asked his father to bring the sons, and he didn't even he didn't even choose David. He forgot about David. We also see in the New Testament, we see all types of family drama play out. One story that comes to mind is in 1 Corinthians when Paul had to address the church and there was a son who was sleeping with his mother-in-law. Somebody say, man, family drama. But let's face it, no family is perfect. How many of y'all got a perfect family? <laughs> Families made up of husbands, wives, and brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, and not to mention in-laws, and yes, even church family. We get some very good insight on, uh, on and what, how Jesus went through and how he dealt with family matters. But before we look at this text, let's look at, um, real briefly, Matthew chapter 10. If you go right over and you look at Matthew chapter 10, And if you look at verse 34, through 38, the word of God says this, do not think that I come to bring, bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a, man's, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A son's, a man's enemies will be that of his own household. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross and father follow after me is not worthy of me. You don't have to turn to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, but we find the commandment of the Torah commandments, and I think everyone knows this commandment. What's the commandment? It says, honor thy, that your days will be long upon the earth. He tells us to honor our mother and our father. And then he tells us he did not come to bring peace, but a sword, and to set man against his father, mother against the daughter, and all this. And God, you got to kind of help me here, because it's not making sense that you, you've come to...
to set a man and there's going to be all kind of enemies in the household, but you're telling me to honor my mother and my father. And I, I, need, I need direction in this family matter. <laughs> so I need you to just hold on to that. How many of y'all got some family drama going on? Make sure I'm in the right house on the right channel. If you ain't got it going on now, you know it's coming. Because cause it's nothing like holidays. Amen. Nothing like holidays to bring up some family drama. Woo! Whose house we going to? Well, hey, COVID, ain't nobody going to nobody's house. Blame everything on COVID. <laughs> right? But but if, if if COVID wasn't here, you gotta go to everybody's house. Man, can can we be honest? Let's be honest, man. We can't stand holidays. Man, man, come on, I know you ain't gonna say amen. Don't leave me out here by myself. First of all, you broke. Cause you gotta buy everybody something. Second of all, all you really want to do is eat and sit on the couch and chill, and you got to go to everybody's house. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to make this as light as possible before I really hit y'all all upside the head with this message. <laughs> and maybe it's not the men, maybe it's the sisters too. Do we really got to go... Do I really got to put on the I like you face? Or how long we going to actually stay? How many of y'all got cues? <laughs> Family matters. Or you going to go to their house, but you got to call and ask, is so-and-so coming? And so and so is your sister. <laughs> Fellas, we just hope we come out the holiday still married. That's all it is. That's, we just hope we still got a house. <laughs> oh my God, look, it's so quiet in here. We can hear the mics downstairs. Okay, so Jesus, yeah, listen, let's go to the text. I'm going to leave you alone. Let's go to the text. Let, look at what he says. Verse 20, multitude came together again so that they, they could not so much as eat bread. We have to remember that Jesus has healed. He's been busy, right? And now everybody is after him. He has a great multitude following him. And the crowd is pressing him. It's pressing him. See, this is why I love this ministry, because it's not crowded. I, I love the fact that it's not crowded, because they couldn't even eat. You, you ever been so crowded by folk that you couldn't even eat? At that type of pressure that you just want some peace. You want to find a place where you can get away and just rest. But because of the crowd, you can't even do basic stuff. That was Christ's situation. And so, right, now his friends, and the right translation,
completion. When you read that, it's not his friends. Hey, because he had his disciples. So Jesus was like having a whole bunch of friends. It was his family. His family heard that there was a lot of people after him. And they went to grab him because they said he is beside himself. This is point one, if I'm going to have a point. Um, Jesus' family thought he was crazy. And you got some people in your family who think you crazy. Amen. If you never heard that, then you are the crazy one. <laughs> now, y'all gonna have to ride with me a little bit on this. Because they went to grab him and they thought he was crazy, but they weren't concerned about Jesus. They were concerned about themselves. They, Jesus was giving the family a bad name because he was out there drawing all this attention to himself and he was out there saying he was God. I'm going to take my time this morning. That's why we started very early. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that family member, that, they're God. They got, they, God speaks to them and uses them. They hear from them. Jesus freak. So, you know when you talk to them, you're going to get a sermon. But, but it's one thing to be like that in the house, but now Jesus, you're out there and you're telling everybody you're God and you got all these people following you and you're messing up our family name because you're crazy. You got to be crazy. Oh, you know your brother Jesus out there saying he's God. <laughs> you know, because Jesus did have brothers and sisters. You know, he had a lot of brothers and sisters. Mary, after the virgin experience, she didn't remain a virgin. They had other kids. Oh, oh my God. Now, now, now this is where you got to take a ride with me. Can we all agree that Jesus was perfect? Can we can we all agree with that? We have that theology down, right? He was perfect. Why was he perfect? Because he was the son of God. Because he had to be perfect to be the perfect sacrifice to die for our sins. Now, I know when you read your Bible and you believe, well, Jesus started his ministry at 30 and for the 33 years, I know you think that it was at 30 that he became perfect. So he was perfect as a child. Which means he never did anything wrong. That's some competition in the household. You got it. Oh, that brother that don't never do nothing wrong. That always get all the answers right. Could you see Jesus in class 2 plus 2, 4? He couldn't lie. So if he got asked a question, he was given the right answer in the right way at the right time. You know what? I really can't stand Jesus. He's making us all look dumb. You understand? He, he always getting everything right. And wait a minute. Wasn't Jesus the word? 
Did he become the word at 30? Or was he the word all his life? Can you imagine growing up and having to look at the word all your life? That everything you wanted to do wrong as a child, there was the word. Oh my God. Right, right? That, that perfect sibling. And here he is out here. God, we got him now. We knew he was crazy. We knew he was crazy when he didn't want to go to the class. He dances. Because he was a perfect child. And now they say we got him. He's crazy. And we got to say he's crazy because we're part of the church. We got to we gotta look right for the church. We can't have the church ostracizing us because of Jesus. Messing up our benefits. Oh. But the Bible says in Romans 1.16 that if I am ashamed of the gospel, He said, I cannot be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God through everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. So he, 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 the family can't be ashamed of you, dude. If you got people in your life that are ashamed of the God that you serve you, oh my God, if you got family that, that's trying to say you're crazy because you're following God and they're not, and, and, and you got to be careful and not let them know who you are, that God really does walk through you and speaks through you and talks to you and uses you. And, But you want to save face because of family. Oh. Somebody say, I, I can't hide who I am. I can't hide who I am. So they, they thought he was crazy. But that's not it. Then, then you move down to 22. The scribes came down from Jerusalem and said he has Beelzebub. That is the ruler of the demons. They were saying he was the devil. Because he cast out devils by the, by the, by the, by the devil. That's his church family, because he, he's part of the church, but now what do I do when the church thinks I'm a devil? When all I'm doing is helping the church. All I've been doing was healing, making the lame walk. But you're saying, and here's the thing about the church, they couldn't deny that there was power working through them. So they had to attribute it to something. But they weren't going to give it to God. They'd rather give the glory to the devil. So, so they said, it's a devil. He, he's got a devil. Now, now they're in trouble. Because now, whenever Jesus starts speaking in parables, it's be, this is a side note, just a theology note, just write it down for class, because you're going to catch this. Whenever Jesus started speaking in parables, it was because he was pissed at somebody. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to talk plain English now. Now I'm going to give you a story. See if you can catch this. So he called them and he said to them, how can Satan cast out Satan? Because if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom can't stand. And if a house is divided, it can't stand. And if Satan rises up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but has an end. Now, I'm going to speak to you right now about something. 
and we might have missed it, but he is really talking about the importance of unity. Amen. In a family. Ooh. And he's saying, listen, the devil, he's not a fool. He, he's a smart enemy. And, and even he, any enemy knows that you don't fight within yourself if you're going to devour a house. There has to be oneness of purpose. And it would make no sense for him to fight against himself. That would make him crazy. So what is he telling us? He's saying, listen, you cannot stand, you cannot do anything if you're divided against yourself. And first of all, we're talking about kingdoms. And second of all, we're talking about houses. So if God has called us to rule kingdoms, he said, first you must rule your house. So if you have no unity in your house, there's going to be no unity in your kingdom. That's why he says you can't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever because that's division. Oh, that there has to be oneness of purpose if I'm going to have anything in the, uh, if I'm going to be the family that God wants, there has to be unity. The reason why Adam and Eve had their, had their rift is because Eve went about her business and there wasn't a unity, a unified purpose. And it wasn't until Adam ate and came in agreement with what Eve did that all hell broke loose. Ooh. So you got to be careful when you're talking about unifying with anything in your life. Because if you're not unifying with the one who wants to bring unity up, then you are dividing a house. And there's going to be a choice that you're going to have to make because a house divided against itself cannot stand. So you're wondering why you're getting so much fight in your house. It's because mm, you're not on the same page. You're both paper, but you both got two separate pens. So Satan knows he's not going to allow any, he doesn't allow any demon in his camp that's not already sold out for the fact that we all going to hell. The demons know they're going to hell. And Satan knows where he's going. So he don't want anybody in his camp that's trying to go to heaven. <laughs> no false angels on that part. But we don't have a mind knowing that we want to go to heaven but we want to rock with demons too. Come on. Go ahead. Tread the water. Yeah, we, we, we think it's okay because I'm a Christian. I'm strong. So I can go ahead and have demons and not become one. It's real quiet. I love this word already. God, it is good in my spirit. That's why at church, if we want to do something, we got to get on the same page. It's got to be unity of one purpose. We're not going to be able to take over the city if everybody got there. Two visions is division. That's a monster. Same way with the house. Right? So husbands and wives get on the same page. If you're single and you, somebody trying to come in your life, make sure you're on the same page. 
Well, the church said amen. And then he went a step further. Well, wake him up, Christian. I think they're falling asleep. He said, no man can enter a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he bind the strong man, then he will spoil his house. How does Satan destroy a house? He does not destroy a house from the inside. He destroys the house from the outside. He uses outside forces, and he wants them to penetrate into the house. No man can enter. Can you catch it? No man can enter. There has to be an entrance. I'm still talking about family matters. Because if you are going to be a family union, and if God is going to be the head of your house, and you're going to move in that family of God, then you have to understand that as a man, as a man of God, you have to watch what enters. Help me up in here. No, no, no. no. You, you got to set a watch over the door. You can't allow things to enter. And for some of us, we have allowed stuff to come in only to ask God to put it out. Oh, my God. But God said, if you would have locked the door in the first place and now let it in, but now it's in. You got comfortable with it. You, you, you know, see, because some demons, you can, you, you're not really rocking with the demon, but you recognize the demon. You know the demon's behaviors. You know, <laughs> oh, my God. He comes from the outside. He sends outside forces. Whatever it is, he's gonna send it from the outside. He's gonna let it in. You didn't. You didn't think it was gonna come in and live. Yeah, just just for a little while. And then he, he doesn't look for weak houses. All right. Come on. Somebody, I'm helping somebody. He's he looking for a strong house. He's not trying to knock down nothing weak. He's going for the big fish. If Satan's been messing with you, it, it should be an indication that you got something he wants. While you keep thinking you don't have nothing to offer. Why is he attacking me like this? And for some, for some he don't even hide it. He just comes straight out with it. It is I. You gonna let me in? Oh. Now either I'm gonna be a weak man or a strong man in this moment. But I know he's trying to spoil my goods. Somebody say you got something. Yeah, I got something. He's after something. Now, now watch this. This whole sentence is flipped because this is what Jesus does. Jesus is not talking about Satan in this scripture. He's talking about himself. I knew you was waiting to see if I go fix that up a little bit back there because y'all studied it. But he's talking about, he's saying, listen, I have come and entered Satan's territory. Because this earth was given to Satan for a moment. And that's why he kept looking. Satan kept trying to kill all the babies because he knew that somebody was trying to make entrance. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. 
but he couldn't figure out who, who it was. So he was trying to kill everything before it got here. Because he knew once it got here, there wasn't going to be no stopping him. See, see, that's why. See, the enemy should have killed you before God entered. Yeah. The, the enemy should have robbed you before Christ stepped in. And that's what's keeping us safe and his family is that the Holy Spirit is watching out for God better help me up in here. Because there's some stuff you would have let in, but God said, no. Somebody need to thank God that you he was at the door. Because if it was left to you, tell you to open. So he's saying, listen, I came in and I tied up the enemy. And it is me that is plundering his house. That's why the devil's mad. Because I'm healing people. I'm delivering people. I'm setting people free. And he don't want nobody free. Woo! He said, I've given you power over the enemy. Why? Tabby never said, why? Why are you waiting for the enemy to tie up, for God to tie up your enemy when he told you to do it? The reason why you can't get victory over that enemy is because it has come in and tied you up. But you're supposed to tie it up. Okay, 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 okay. Somebody say he ain't getting mine. Not, not no more, not no more. You, you, you got to kick him out. got to sweep the house. got to clean the house. got to get him out. Get it out. Because, because there's something that, that, that needs that. Okay, so he says this. And I'm almost done. Fairly, rarely I stand to you. All sins are going to be forgiven. He's, he's mad at them. I'm just trying to help you. I'm reading this very nice. Very, very, I say to you, all sins are going to be forgiven, the sons of men, even blasphemies, what they blaspheme. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost never has forgiveness. But it's in danger of eternal judgment because they said he has an unclean spirit. Now, I'm going to slide this in here for family matters, but it's important. Because a house without forgiveness is not a house. You got to be willing to say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And there should be forgiveness in your house. Because the Bible says that he who confesses his sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. Ain't that what First John 1 19 says? Or is it 1 9? 1 9. Thank God, I know it was a 19 somewhere, man. So, if we confess it, he forgives it. Catch this. Because I used to think I committed the sin, unpardonable sin. But, what he's telling me here is that every sin is pardonable except for this one sin. All this good news. Look at all y'all sinners looking at me like, help me out in here. Look at y'all. How, how many of you think you ever committed that? Have you ever thought, did I commit that unpardonable sin? 
Okay, y'all lying. I, I know I uh, maybe not y'all. Can I get somebody to help you up there? Um, you know, that thought you, you know, thought you might have did the unpardonable. Here's 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 the test on if you ever committed. If you think you did, you didn't. That's it. That's a, that's the simple test. If I think I did, I didn't. That's awesome. Because what Jesus is telling them, telling them is that all sins will be forgiven. But blasphemy is sacrilege against something that's sacred. And because you are attributing what I am doing to a devil, there is no forgiveness for you. Because the only way you can be forgiven is if the Holy Spirit gives you the unction to ask for it. And since you are denying the very one that will help you have forgiveness, there is no forgiveness for you. So even the forgiveness that you need has to come from me first before you can even ask for it. So since you don't believe I can give it to you, you can't have it. Because it's the only though, it's only through the Holy Spirit that He gives us the conviction to want to confess. So if I thought I did it, it's the Holy Spirit telling me I didn't do it. Oh, that is so good. So they have put themselves in a category that they can now no longer have forgiveness and hear from God. And that hurts God's heart because he wants them to recognize who he is and have that forgiveness. But they shut the door to the very one that could help. And I don't know about you, but how many people in your family have you tried to help and all they do is shut the door to the only one that can help. I, I think we was having a Bible study the other night, but this should be helping somebody because you understand means I don't have to convince nobody of nothing because if the Holy Spirit does not convince them, they won't be convinced. If they shut off that access, there's nothing that can happen. So a lot of times you just have to shut the door so that God can come in and... So now, we, 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 we really get to the heart of the matter, and then I'm done. I'm, I'm going to leave you alone. Because now, there came his brother and his mother standing outside and sent for him, calling, Jesus! Because he went, he went in the house now. He, but, 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 but check this out. Why are they calling him? They didn't believe he was the Messiah. His, listen, his mother already knew who he was. But she did not want him to die. Don't just sit here quiet like that on me. <laughs> just, just because God appeared to her in a dream said, blessed are you, Mary, a, a fruit of your womb, you gonna be carrying God, the Holy One. Doesn't mean, how many of y'all mothers want your son to die? I don't care who said it. And if Jesus said, Father, if there's any other way, you know Mary... She didn't want him to die. So, okay, I, I get it. I know you're supposed to be, you know, you special, but come on, now you're acting real special. 
Because I thought you was going to be somebody doing some work for God. I didn't know you was actually going to be God. <laughs> but we got to stop this Jesus. So they outside calling him. Because he went in the house and shut the door. <laughs> On his family. Oh, oh. I knew it was going to be tight when I had to preach it. Because some of y'all don't know how to shut the door on your family. Some of you allow that. I'm, I'm not going to get there for Let me just stay here. Let me, let me just stay here. I'm getting, I'm getting happy. You ready, Christian? We're going to have some church. They did not believe. So, so Jesus looks around and totally disrespects his family. But what happened to honor thy mother and thy father? He told her one time, mother, didn't you know I was supposed to be about my father's business? And he wasn't talking about Joseph. And the mother, the mother came out and said, it's my son, Jesus. Turn that water into wine, boy. Amen. <laughs> She's seen him do some miracles before that. Jesus didn't have to be body trained. Straight miracles for Jesus. Just started walking. You ain't gonna say nothing. So she she had she had some reference to just say, oh, don't worry about it. Jesus. Right. Do that thing you was doing at the house the other day <laughs> when mama was thirsty. Don't say nothing. <laughs> but now he's just the door on him because now he's in his ministry. Now he's walking in his purpose and he won't be distracted, not even by his family. He looks around at the people at him, and one of them was a devil. And he said, Behold my mother and my brother. Because whoever does the will of God, this is my mother and my brother and my sister. Listen, I know it's a little light, but it really is pretty heavy. Because it's hard when when you have to turn away family, when we are ostracized in your family because of what you believe and they don't believe the same way. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And yes, you love your family. And yes, you respect your family. But when you put family over God, you are in trouble. When family makes you compromise who you are as a believer, you are in trouble. Because the thing he said was, whoever does the will. Somebody say do. See, here's the thing. Who's in the will is greater than who's in the will. It's about who's doing the will. Not who's reading the will. Not who's speaking the will, who's doing the will. 
chapter 10, verse 40, he that receives you receives me. And he that receiveth not me doesn't receive the Father who sent me. You gotta, you gotta be, you want people in your life that receive what you receive. And that's why he said, when your mother and your father forsake you, then I'll be your mother and your father. Because the only family that really matters is God's family. It's God that set everyone in family. And there's gonna be some decisions that you have to make. And it's hard. And I didn't write this book, God did. And so what do I do? What do I do with, with my brother or my sister who's, who's not serving God and I, they want me to... You, you still got to love everybody. You got to love everybody. We're, we're all family. You got to love your everybody. But you can't compromise for anybody. You cannot compromise for anybody. You can't. Family can expect you to hold your commitment. There could be a need, and God, I'm a, well, I got to be committed to what my family needs, but you're not committed to what your family or God needs. Woo! I wasn't expecting no preaching today. I mean, no hooping and no hollering and no running around and amens and, and no shouting music. Because I know a lot of us are tied to our family. Family ties. And you'll be really quick to say what you can't do for the house of God because you got to do for, oh, I'm going to mess with you. And it's supposed to be okay. But what if God said, I'm not going to take care of your house today? Priority, people. I think they're wondering about their family. <laughs> You can't. You can't do the right thing. And as long as you're in prayer about what you're doing, it's okay. But some of you just do stuff out of habit. Some of you do stuff because you're more committed. And some of you just do stuff because you're afraid of what your family going to say if you don't do. i tell you what. When we all leave this place, there's going to be one family you hope you get to go to. Amen. And that's why we say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because people in your life that don't understand and honor the commitment that you have made to your family, your God family, they're not, they're not part of your family. really hard. It's easier for loners. Because you understand that when you're alone and nobody was there with you but God. But when you gotta be surrounded by people and when you want when you just you're bent on making people happy, you're gonna be in trouble. Because I guarantee you that some of you that can't stand your sisters, some of you that just don't like your brothers some of you don't like nothing, nothing about your cousins. You want them all, and, and they, get, they know how to pull strings. 
it gotta make you feel guilty. Especially when it comes to some money. And I'm gonna leave this right here and I'm gonna shut it. If you're married, your family is your house. That's your family. If you put in jeopardy your family, your unit, for the sake of others, they will tear your family up and talk about you. So when you leave, when you leave, you cleave. That's it. Some of y'all waiting to get married and can't get married because you're too tied to your family. 